Said I'd meet and I'd wait and let it stay down From shit to sunshine Surviving to thriving The people that have gone from surviving to thriving Surviving the biggest shit in their life Turning their lives into thriving amazingness Surviving to thriving Surviving to thriving Surviving to thriving from shit to sunshine. Hi everyone, welcome to the Shit to Sunshine podcast. Today's episode is with Anna Campwell, who is a spiritual life and business coach, musician, yoga teacher, oracle card creator, and podcast host on the Quantum Playground podcast. And we are very, very honored so to have you here. So welcome, Anna. Thank you so much, ladies. I'm so happy to be here with you all today. Yay! <laughs> Lauren is very excited as well. <laughs> so we are really thrilled that you could join us, Anna, and come here to share your story and a bit about your work and how that all kind of ties in together. Um, so please, please start by sharing your story and telling our listeners a little bit about you and where you've come from, and kind of where you are now. Yeah, absolutely. So my story is an interesting one. I feel like when it comes to the shit portion of my story, I'm like every flavor, you name it, I've been there. Um, Anxiety, depression, chronic pain, sexual trauma, eating disorder, abusive relationship. I'm like, the list goes on. And um, I know I say those things kind of cavalierly. Now I don't mean to be cavalier about them, but there is a moment, I think, in the spiritual path when you have to acknowledge that, wow, I've been through a lot on my journey and I have learned so much. And there is a reason uh, that I have this wisdom that I've gained. Right. And it's because of those experiences and really, you know, my journey and some of the most pivotal moments when I was at my lowest was really in college. And I always think it's funny when people say college, like it's the best time of your life. I'm like, definitely not (laughs) true for me. (laughs) (laughs) maybe for you. For me, it wasn't. And it was, however, the time that I would say I grew the most in the shortest amount of time because my self-esteem was really, really in the floor. And I was dealing with a legal battle for a sexual assault case um, and, and multiple assaults over a very short period of time. And Lauren, we talked a little bit about this yesterday, but if there's anything that I have learned from, from that specific time in my life, when I was, you know, in bed all day and really, really struggling, it was that I can do anything. If I went through that, if I faced that in my life, if I stood in that room with that person, I, there's nothing I can't do. And that's such an invaluable lesson to gain from something that is so shitty, but that also 
is kind of gold. And it's weird to feel that way about something. It's like, wow, that was so hard, but it also gave me so much wisdom and so much value. And it pushed me to the point where I had to learn to love myself. I had something had to change. And I know for anyone out there who's like in like a rock bottom moment at this very moment, I know it's, it's not what you want to hear really at that time. It's like, this is going to make you so much better. Right. But I find, found that really to be true for myself, that I could be grateful for that time in my life that was so difficult because I had a very big shift one day and I realized that the best sort of revenge, right? The sweetest like revenge on like anyone who's ever doubted you or mocked you or hurt you in any way is to live a beautiful magical, amazing life. And so when that's your North star, and then you know that nothing can stop you, oh my God, you're, you're gold, you know? And it's not to say that, oh, magically after that moment, everything was easy. And then it was fine. Oh, so many more years of, of work on myself through yoga, through meditation, through coaching, through my spiritual journey with psychedelics, um, so many different approaches to tackling the pain that I had been through and that was still kind of entrenched in my body. And um, when I look back, I'm like, wow, I the journey and the growth is inspiring to myself. I'm like, that's badass. That you went from that space to here now, like, look at you go, girl, you know? So that's a little bit about kind of how I got here in just the kind of quickest nutshell. I can give it to you, but the journey of holding space for people, I was always a space holder, even from when I was really young. I was always leading people into introspection and growth and personal development. As young as I can remember, I was always teaching as young as I can remember. And it just very naturally evolved to this space where the things that I learned about healing yourself and about growing and the spiritual path, I realized that I had to share with people. And that I could not keep these tools and these resources to myself. So I got my yoga teacher training first, and that really allowed me to heal a lot through my physical body. If anyone has read Body Keeps the Score, um, great, great text, really helps you understand the impact of all kinds of trauma on the brain and on the body. Um I really unwound a lot of that physical trauma stored literally in my cells through my journey with yoga. And then once I was on that path, um, my yoga teachers were both coaches as well and had a nonprofit and had another business. And I was so inspired by them. So I began to kind of, they took me under their wing and really mentored me in that journey of coaching. And I just kept kind of adding things on as I learned them and delved into them. 
because then next came meditation and I got my meditation teacher training, really dove headfirst in that, to that space. I would say, um, for probably over a year, meditated for an hour every single day and just making that like a huge, huge part of my practice because I did have a long history with anxiety and I do have a very active, powerful mind, um, that needs, you know, training and love. Um, (laughs) and yeah, so as I kind of went along on my journey and kept working with people and I learned from my clients and I learned from my own journey, I just sort of added in these like other superpowers and skills. And more recently, uh, I studied hypnotherapy and neurolinguistic programming and tapping as well. And that was really, really cool to add some other tools to my toolbox. And I just scheduled, I have a training coming up to learn about uh, EMDR and to do eye movement with folks. And so my whole, this whole journey of learning these skills and these tools has always been taking a multi-pronged approach to whatever it is that you've been through and seeing what's going to be the sort of magic combination for your specific needs and your specific journey with whatever kind of, you know, pain you've been through or healing you've been through. And it's pretty amazing to see the results over time for some of the people that I've worked with for a long time, because a lot of folks that I've worked with over years it's really, really incredible to see the shift so much like kind of parallel to my journey, like starting off with things like chronic pain or anxiety or just remnants of trauma in the body, um, self-esteem stuff, limiting beliefs, all that, those kinds of things and how far you can get when you really dedicate yourself to the journey. So I really just dedicated myself to learning everything I could and how to be the best teacher and space holder by also doing that for me. And now I am lucky enough to get to support other spiritual entrepreneurs as well in their business journey, because yeah, it turns out you learn a lot when you're just boots on the ground in the trenches with multiple businesses and making it work and an industry that rapidly changes and technological changes. Um, and yeah, that's kind of, that's kind of how I am where I am today, which is I have two businesses. I have my coaching business and I have an Oracle card deck business. Um, I both are doing great and I love, um, both I run and have support for as well, which is really great because at the beginning I did not have a lot of support in those businesses. Um, I am married to the love of my absolute life, which I never thought was possible because I had every like toxic trauma bonded relationship in the book. And I also get to express my creativity through music with my own project where I make mantras or affirmations into songs and also with my husband um more of his music which is like indie rock music so I get to do all of my favorite things on a daily basis I get to make 
great money while doing it. And I get to work with amazing people like the two of you. So yeah, pretty much as sunshiny as it gets out here. And you get to cook with (laughs) glitter. (laughs) Yes. Oh yes. I'm like, why would you not want to ever cook with glitter or have (laughs) just glitter around? (laughs) Yes. I get to take, I get to take women on retreats to Malibu and have naked glitter chiffon photo shoots. Absolutely. (laughs) That's in my job description as well. I get to like have witchy women's circles under the full moon with women every month I get (laughs) get to like literally host like hypnosis and dance party events I'm like yeah it's true it's pretty pretty freaking amazing yeah next time we introduce you I think we gotta get (laughs) somewhere in there I did I had someone on a call be like Anna's glitter queendom and I was like just (laughs) stars in my eyes like yes that's it the glitter queendom (laughs) I need to send my daughter to you because she would love that she is obsessed with glitter and I often end up with glitter on my floor and all over my house basically (laughs) I've learned we'll to do embrace that. now. I've learned to embrace. <laughs> I told Jake, I'm like my husband. I'm just like this is this is your forever. Like <laughs> you will forever just have like a random piece of glitter like in your beard or like on your back or like on the bed. Like who knows, right? And to me, I'm like, what a great. I'm like, if that's my legacy, if my legacy is like leaves glit- trail of glitter wherever she goes, I am so here for that's it. That's right. <laughs> uh, okay. Sorry to get on glitter tangent. That was never, incredible. never Sorry. apologize for that. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm, I'm like, I'm stuck on the part that you said about after I did the really hard thing, I knew I could do anything. And I think, I think it's really powerful how people can come through these kind of impossible situations and come out the other end with trust. Mm -hmm. But then there's like a part of me that that feels like we need to recognize the people who don't come out the other end or the people who don't have the ability to resource it or the ability who don't have the ability to, you know, treat their growth as a full-time job and the financial implications. And there's just like so many, there's so many pieces and there's so much, I feel like we're so privileged, right? And I don't, I don't know why I'm, what my point is in saying this other than I don't know. It can either make you or it can break you, right? These things. Yeah. And yeah. um, and I'm really curious about like the people who are like, this is breaking me. How how we support those people. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know for me, like when I was in the middle of it, I just wanted to see people surviving because <laughs> I, I couldn't see them, right? So I don't know. So anyway, here's a person who's surviving. Yeah. All right. So 
question for you, Anna. Mm -hmm. When when you were like in the middle of that, when you were in your kind of like, I don't know what to call them, laying in bed days. Yeah. What do you remember like a moment or what helped you sort of move through all of that? Or if there was like something that some kind of thought process that you had? Yeah, absolutely. There was one thing that I committed to do and I don't remember like how or why, but I just thought if I could just set the bar super low for myself and commit to doing one, one thing a day and prioritizing that thing to be going on a jog and having that jog be like 15 minutes or less and having it just be like as slow as it needed to be or whatever. And I was doing this in the morning, kind of first thing at 7.15. So having it at a consistent time really helped me. And what I would do is I would just have my shoes, have my clothes ready, right? Make it like just so easy for myself to just say, okay, just get out the door, um, get on, you know, get on the road. And then there was this huge hill in this nice neighborhood near where I lived. And I knew that if I ran down the hill, I would have to run back up the hill and I couldn't get out of it. So I really made to the point of like making kind of making yourself do one thing. I did that and I would listen to Roar by Katy Perry on repeat. And I that was like if that was my one thing to do every day and the rest of the day I laid in bed and I like ate a little something and I took a shower. I was like, we are fucking crushing it. We're killing it because we did the one thing. Um, and I think it's really important to prioritize the body in those instances because the mind can just take you so <laughs> down so many rabbit holes, but the body it's simpler. It's like, if you can move a little bit, if you can sweat a little bit, if you can shake a little bit, you're, you're going to have way less harder of a battle with your mind. Um, and I'm someone who's super heady. And so going the avenue of the body really supported me in jumping the track. And, you know, when I say I did this, I did this for months right? And like I said, it wasn't fast. It was maybe 10 minutes, sometimes maybe 15 minutes. Sometimes I would walk half of it. Like I just needed to show myself that I could like run up the hill, you know, and just do that one thing. Um, That was a huge, huge part of it for me. That was a huge part of like staying just remotely sane and yeah. and giving myself um a level of empowerment and i think the thought process of if i stay depressed if i stay down if i let this get me like that and that person 
right? Gets to just go on like living their life totally normal. Like, fuck that. I don't want, I don't want that, you know? And that's, I don't, that's not where I would recommend like ending up, right? I'm like, definitely recommend when possible, making your way over years and years and years toward like forgiveness and to to that path. But initially the path of like, I'm not going to let this person win over me and over my life and continue to control me really helped. It really helped catalyze. um, Yeah. It really helped catalyze just a shift for me. And, and then I also moved, I moved away from the space that held a lot of negative energy memories spaces for me. Um, and that also really helped too. It's not like, it's not the end all solution, but it did help. Like I said, just get me in a little bit different space to see things differently and not be re-traumatized continually yeah so powerful what you just said about doing one thing you know just starting with one thing right and just keep doing that one thing until that becomes habit and that becomes easier and then you can kind of add another thing when you're ready right and that's how you know I definitely started my healing journey as well it was very simple and it was really hard um and you do kind of feel like you're wading through like thick mud at first I think um you know like it it is it's that feeling of like oh this is so hard but I just have to keep going because I can't go back to where I was I need to move forward and it's kind of that first bit is so clunky and so it's so sticky but it's Mm -hmm. you know I think it's such amazing and powerful advice to say that you know it's just one thing one step you don't have to look at the the goal, the end goal, the you know, the top of the staircase. You just have to take the first step. Yeah. I think that what was, was your album. one thing, Lois? Did you have a one My, thing? So actually, I did start with with physical exercise as well. Yeah. I, I hate running, actually, to be honest. Me too. And I started I running. Run. <laughs> and I started running. And I did this whole playlist of really upbeat like music that did not remind me of anything to do with my trauma and my grief. And, you know, I just just went outside and just being outside, like I would run for a minute and then walk for two minutes and then yeah. run and then walk, because I didn't want to just keep running. But I wanted to just get out and move um, mm-hmm. and walking just didn't wasn't doing it like I needed something a bit more jolty, you know, to really shake me up a bit. Um, I'm realizing and- I had a one thing too during my shit. What was yours? Fascinating. Well, mine wasn't active. It was... um. I guess it was like letting myself grieve where I was sort of in this loop where I was like, okay, I just like, I don't want to, I don't want to feel this. And so I would, I would sit on a pillow (laughs) with a cup of tea and I would just like play some music and I'd just be like, I just like tell myself to connect to my heart, which sounds really gooey, right? It sounds really gooey even for me, but, um, and then I just get like so sad. And then I just sit there and drink my tea and cry and blow my nose mm. and cry some more. And mm. I, you know, I, I wouldn't do it. The funny part is if I let myself do it, you know, usually I'd be like, okay, I like, I 
felt like I got enough, <laughs> enough crying yeah. in and then I could go on with my day. But I literally, yeah. I, you know, I sat on this pillow and cried, you know, almost every morning for months. But yeah. that's so important as well, isn't it? Mm-hmm. it's so important to just let it out like you can't bypass that shit like it's <laughs> it will come back and bite you <laughs> so yeah, I think it's so important to to let that out you know first for sure yeah trust me I there was definitely fair share of weeping for days on end and <laughs> yeah. randomly and all the time but I also noticed that a huge link between all of ours is music yes Mm, which which I love because I mean on a very simple level you know music boosts serotonin music boosts dopamine but it can also I mean my the way I approach sharing and making music is that this shit's like programming your mind right it's like Mm. getting stuck in your head and a lot of the music on the airwaves that kind of rolls through I'm like, what is it? It's like, he cheats on me and I'm so sad or like, you know, this, this sucks or let's get blackout drunk or, you know, yada, yada. And my, my whole real mission with my music is to make music that actually heals you while you listen and gets those positive, empowering messages stuck in your head. And like to where you're just like, oh, I'm just singing like everything is working out for me. And I'm just, oh, where'd that come from? Like it just floated <laughs> in um, because I've been listening to it and it's been joyful, you know? Mm, I love that. I love that you make that kind of music because I actually turned off the radio a long time ago and I don't really listen to the radio. Um, I was being a bit consumed by the negativity, not just the music, but also the talk as well like it can be really deep um and I just make my playlists and I have one called new earth and I've got all Mm. this like really positive high vibe kind of music on there and I just I love it I don't just listen to that but like today for example I was listening to um like a 90s chill dance track like I don't know if you know Chicane Offshore like it's a really cool track and then I was listening to like um uh what was I listening to Insane in the Membrane <laughs> which I love as well love. By Cypress Hill um Cypress Hill so good it is Insane yeah. in the Membrane so yeah maybe we should um, like, get some <laughs> sunshine playlists Yes, we should. For sure. <gasps> oh my god! <laughs> yeah, we're gonna have to get your music. It's gonna have to be a good mix of Anna's music and some like '90s dance tracks in there. I think. <laughs> I would be honored to be on the the shit to sunshine playlist with the '90s dance tracks <laughs> because it can it can all heal. You know, I have a music that I have a playlist that's like just it's music to help me like induce crying when I'm like mm-hmm. crying constipated. Do you ever have yeah. that? Yeah. yeah when I you're like, have, like my just... songs. yeah. Yeah. And just to, because it's all a frequency and sometimes you do need to tune into it and, and let it move. And one of the things I love about crying is crying releases stress hormones from your body, just like sweat does. And wow. so I'm like, you're, you know, our jogging, you're, drinking tea crying I'm like it's not all that different (laughs) (laughs) well now I'm remembering I had another playlist that I called snacking and it was um (laughs) like all these sort of boss bitch songs 
And when I felt really fearful, I danced around the house listening to snack and feeling like I might just kind of crush, crush anything like a bug. But yeah, there's a real power in it, being able to kind of like move into a different state, right? Yeah, I remember, well, I say this, I say this a lot on social media, which is I built my business by just like dancing around in my room because (laughs) you have to be able to hype yourself up. And music is such a good way to do that. And I think just getting in the frequency, I know, I know myself and I know when I'm like not listening to music, not dancing, not getting in my body, not just like turning it up real loud, that those are times when just my energy is going to be lower. My vibration is going to be lower. And, you know, sometimes that's fine, but I think it's such a simple, powerful tool. And that's what I love to help people with is simplify it. It doesn't have to be this like 15 step ritual that you have to do to like move. It's like, no, just like, can you turn on a song for a couple minutes a day? Can you just not worry about how you're moving or how your body is looking and just let yourself drop into your body and into the present moment into flow state. Um, I think all of those things can really help you shift in a moment that you're desiring and ready to shift. Mm. Yeah, it's so true. I think you know moving your body immediately changes your state, right? It just immediately does that and just simple simple things like you're saying like dancing around the kitchen which I do quite often but especially if like someone's in a bad mood in my house I'm like I drag them into the kitchen I turn the music on and I just like right we're dancing it out we're dancing it out and it works every time um Mm -hmm. but I do agree you have to be ready there's a time to cry there's a time to feel all the feels and there's a time to just shake it off um but equally I think both as important as each other yeah yeah like that song there's a time for you know a time oh, for yeah. more a time for peace I'm exactly. like, dun, dun. yeah but it's true okay. it's like it's, yeah it, everything does have their time and um acknowledging we have a lot of these tools at our fingertips and they don't it's not like you need to go buy this fancy biohacking equipment to do this it's like I think the ultimate biohacks are largely free considering Mm. like if you have a little bit of time to do them you know um and I think that's so beautiful you know I think it's really easy to get caught up I mean trust me I love my bougie wellness fancy biohacking stuff too I think those things are great I'm like my sauna blanket fucking love it so nice to just wrap myself up like a hot pocket and sweat it out so beautiful um and like those those states and feelings can be produced just as easy by like turning on the song and dancing in the kitchen you know mm-hmm. I actually was thinking about another thing that you said about the psychedelics being part of your healing journey and I just want to speak about that for a second because um and I you know some may or may not know listening that psychedelics have been used for mental health 
and healing for a very long time, for many, many, many years, indigenously. And now, you know, it's been used in the past um, in a medical setting and is being used again now in a medical setting, which is amazing. Um, and it's definitely, I think, an incredible way and tool used correctly to help people, some people, not for everyone, but for some people on their healing journey. Um, but what you said about you can get to these states in a natural way as well without anything is so true mm -hmm. and I really feel that that's very true for me as well where I've explored lots of different um you know mediums as well um to help me on my healing journey and I definitely feel that you know you can get to these states on your own you know with tools that are free and and support that is you know low cost or free um, mm -hmm. But these other tools like psychedelics can definitely enhance and kind of almost quantum leap some of your healing. And I just wondered if you'd mind speaking a little bit about your personal experience with that as well. Yeah, absolutely. So the first um, plant medicine that I used was cannabis. And that really helped me because I had really, really painful periods and I was prescribed by a doctor <laughs> to take four ibuprofen every four hours for the entirety of my cycle. Oh my and gosh. that's, I know everyone just shudders when they hear that. And I'm like, that's a recipe for just tearing your stomach lining open. If anyone didn't know, but, yep. um, I had chronic stomach pain before that as well. And that I would say exacerbated it. Um, so I used cannabis to help me manage my pain. And that in turn, I was like, as I was using it to help me manage my pain, it literally healed my stomach. And so now I barely use cannabis, don't need it. And I don't have any chronic stomach pain. And I was told at one point in my life that I would be in pain forever. And so that was a huge, huge win for me. Um, and, you know, later on, cannabis also really supported me in my journey with yoga because uh, in, in another lifetime, many years ago, I was a high school English teacher and yeah. I was getting my master's. I was at a um, low income kind of rough school and had a lot of pressure and a lot of students and a lot of responsibilities. And I had basically no time to myself. So I would, when I would finally come home from school, I would just get on my mat, smoke a bowl and to say, and turn on the music. That's the last key and just move and do yoga and stretch and wiggle for like an hour. And that was such a beautiful ritual for me that gave me some time and some space to take care of myself. Um, like you said, was it like, was the bowl necessary? No, probably not. But it definitely helped at that time to just get the flow going. Um, and then it also, like I said, led to healing my stomach. So it had a lot of other, there's so many benefits mm -hmm. to the plant and all of its different properties that were just barely scratching the surface. And the second plant medicine that really supported me was psilocybin mushrooms. And when I first dabbled, I was 
um, was like right around in college and I didn't know a lot about it, but the, thankfully the ways that I experienced it were, were pretty safe. Um, and not like, you know, the horror story that you hear, like I took, you know, someone handed me a bag and at this huge festival with thousands and thousands of people that I don't know. And it turns out it didn't go very well. And I'm like, yeah. not totally surprising. Um, but thankfully I was pretty safe and responsible at the time. And then much later on, um, around the time when I moved to LA, I started to explore for myself and really practice in like a therapeutic way. Um, and wow, my journey just catalyzed my healing catalyzed so much. The quantum leap, that's like a true quantum leap right there because it gives you the chance to literally lay new brand new neural pathways that you have never tapped into before and you know on my journey as you know for myself and holding space for my friends I discovered that wow this is really this is a healing modality and it is untapped and people need support with it and they need a guide and they need to do it in a safe space and they need to know what's going on and they need to know how much to take and all those things. And so then I became a trip sitter <laughs> and I just added that to my suite. Of <laughs> um, and what I got to do and what I still get to do in that space is just witness, hold space, sing, do energy healing, um, and really just help people sort through those deeper questions. And what I find what happens a lot of the time, a couple of things. One is that the things that we feel like we're really afraid of facing become way less scary. And so they become faceable and then we face them and then we realize, oh, I didn't really need to be afraid of that, like at all. Right. Mm. So that's one thing that happens a lot. And then the other thing that happens a lot is people return to their inner child and a really playful space with a lot of laughter and a lot of humor and a lot of wonder. And that space is so so healing for so many people to return to just being in awe of a bug or a leaf, right? Something so simple that in our day-to-day, -day we just overlook and we don't even think twice about and we just move on, right? Mm. So bringing that mindfulness, that sense of awe that's so important to kind of keep us in check in a healthy way is the other result that I see. Um, and, you know, not including like reduced anxiety, reduced oppressive episodes, like those are the other sort of anecdotal spaces that I've seen from my work in this area. And, you know, the research now is just growing so much. And what I love about the research growing is that we're not afraid to study those things right? Mm. That it doesn't have to be this shoved away in a box or like, if you do this, you'll go crazy. Or, you know, a lot of the negative stigma 
around these other methods of healing. I would say original, like you said, Mm, methods of healing, um, not so much alternative, just original and ancient. Um, and it's so cool because in, if anyone has ever seen fantastic fungi and you want to just look at the healing properties of all kinds of mushrooms, not just psychedelic mushrooms, but all kinds, um, they talk about the Johns Hopkins study on, uh, having a psychedelic ceremony and people ranking that experience as one of their top, just transcendental moments of their entire lives up there with like the birth of their child or their wedding day. Right. And that this, this, um, less like studyable, but equally valid spiritual nature of those medicines, I think is just so healing in and of itself that when we feel connected to something greater, when we feel, Um, And we know that there's more just beyond like this is here and I can see it and I can touch it, Um, that that in and of itself is a healing space. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, that's that's been my personal experience. And then just what I've gotten to see over sitting with folks taking the medicine and just watching over them and caring for them is it's just so powerful and so healing and it's not for everyone. And I would never, ever say everyone should do this or anyone should do this. Um, and just share what I've seen, what I've witnessed, you know, and when people take the time to set it up and do it right and really mindful, um, about the way in which they're partaking. I think it's so important to be intentional with these medicines and not because like you said, there are a time, there's a time when you're a kid or, you know, young adult and a lot of people use it in a, in a very recreational way. I'm not saying that's wrong, but these plant medicines are truly for healing and that's what they've been really made and why they're here, you know, for our usage, I think is because of that reason. And it may, some of them may have been really distorted you know, by the Western world and the way that we use drugs per se, if you if you want to, you know, use that word, but really these natural plant medicines are here for a reason. They're here for our purpose. Um, and I think, yeah, intention and the mindset behind using them is so crucial when you're using them yeah. for healing. I mean, I had no idea that there was a tobacco, is it Hape, Hepe? Mm-hmm. um that you have with the pipe and it's actually also a very healing plant medicine but I had no idea because to me tobacco is really bad for you it's really addictive because that's how it's sold here right mm-hmm. um and it's not something I've grown up you know I certainly knew about the healing benefits of cannabis and psilocybin um, wow. I knew about that and I, not loads but and now I'm yeah. learning so much more and it's fascinating to me how the brain works you know and and just the amazing benefits and like you said it's not for everybody but but it's so incredible what we're learning and what we're able to to do with these these amazing gifts and medicines that we've been given you know yeah um, yeah. So, yeah I always say honor the medicine that's yes. it you know as long as you're honoring it it will honor you <laughs> and yeah I agree it's it's you know it's it's here for a reason it's available for a reason it's non-addictive and you know, in many cases. And 
um, there are, it's so funny. I'm like, if you talk to anyone who has regularly taken psilocybin mushrooms, like they would just tell you it's impossible. How could you even be addicted to them? Like it wouldn't, it would, it would be not possible. Right. Um, and yeah, it's, I love that you, that you knew about that. Cause I grew up just hearing all of the, you know, weed is the devil's lettuce and uh, all that kind of stuff. (laughs) I mean, I, I don't get me wrong when I was younger, I was more of a recreational thing. (laughs) For sure. For sure. (laughs) I knew that it wasn't, um, physically addictive, like Mm -hmm. some of these things like alcohol, like, you know tobacco in the way that it's used here and in the west and um you know i i knew that there were a lot of other benefits to it but not you know not the way that i was using it necessarily and now if i do use plant medicine it's in a very intentional way very intentional and i think and to have the reverence for that is really important definitely i'm staying very silent because i follow all (laughs) the plants (laughs) <laughs> that's right she does learning well like learning silent well. silent yeah. sucking it all in although that movie is fantastic and the whole world of I one of my favorite parts of fantastic fungi was hearing about this whole like invisible world underneath us mm. right like it's not just the mushrooms you see it's like this whole world under the dirt right that's so that's like been here so much longer than any other than even any plants or animals you know what I mean it's like it's been here longer and it will long outlast us I think it's so so beautiful and how like trees use it to communicate with each other and I'm like humans are like we invented the internet and I'm like no you didn't mushrooms (laughs) Mushrooms gave us the blueprint okay yeah handed over the blueprint for us (laughs) it is so amazing how nature is just so intelligent and just insanely intricate and beautiful I love it yeah yeah nature is such a big part of like my world you know, like plant medicine is one aspect of that. I think animal guides mm. is the other aspect of that. My Oracle card deck and channeling messages from animals and their wisdom because they have so much wisdom for us. And then just on a very basic level, like the medicine of being outside mm. and how healing it is and getting to, you know, earth, putting bare feet in grass, that kind of, that's also, that's a really, really simple place to start um for anyone who's looking for something simple to do just go out and get your bare feet or hands in some grass or some sand or some mud or some whatever is around you rocks even um and just get grounded because we're like these little live wires running around grounding is a uh, fascinating rabbit hole I'm like deep down that rabbit hole right now oh it's lol rat it is a rabbit hole the grounding (laughs) (laughs) sorry I didn't even realize that (laughs) apparently it's created some extra pun potential for me uh, yeah I didn't realize how connected grounding can be to sleep and they did some Mm -hmm. really interesting studies on people where they put them in a bunker one grounded and one ungrounded and they found that sleep really was very heavily dependent on being grounded, whether you had exposure to light or not, which I just saw was like fascinating. Yeah. Okay, like so you've said, got 
you've got free hacks. You've got grounding. You've got music. You've got exercise or moving your body. Breath. Any other to share? Breathing. Breathing. Dancing. Friends. <laughs> you know, I'm like, it's so funny because there's a tendency in the spiritual community to make things super complicated. And it's like, you have to like journey to Peru and do ayahuasca 27 times before you can blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, get some sun, put minerals in your water, like do something meaningful that brings you joy daily. You know, it's, it's not rocket science. Um, and easier said than done when you're in a space that feels really stuck But that's why I always recommend to just feel into the possibility that am I willing to consider that something could be better or that there could be more than my current existence or that this could change some way or that I could learn something from this or that there's some better outcome. And one of the one of the many things that I've done with my time and with my energy, um, I was actually a writing coach in college and helped people edit dissertations. And I got to work with a lot of psychology and sociology grad students writing their dissertations. And a lot of them are about things like optimism and gratitude and hope and how all of a sudden there's all this research turns out <laughs> When you have hope, you are happier, you're healthier, you make more money, all these things, right? And it's like, we don't really need this research to tell us that, but I understand that it helps some people uh, grasp and understand better. But something so simple like hope, all it means to have hope is to be able to imagine a more positive outcome and be able to imagine multiple ways to get to that more positive outcome. So if you can start to loosen up some of those neural pathways, that's a lot of the work that I do for people is even just creating the possibility of, wow, this could be, this could be good. This could be better. This could, I could have a life, a business, a partner, whatever it is that just blows my mind. It's so amazing. Right. And then once I'm there, and once I adjust to that new level of existence, then I could have a whole other level of something that this thing that used to blow my mind is so normal now. And now this other level or layer, like just rocks my dome even more. And yeah, I'm like, if I had to sum up a lot of what I do, that's it. I was in, in court, things were going like, really like something would happen and be bad. And then something else would happen and get like even worse. And then something else would happen. I'd be like, what was this happening? Right. It just keep like, like you'd think it couldn't get any worse. And then something would happen and get worse. (laughs) And at some point I started doing this thing that I don't know what to call it. It's maybe like catastrophic dreaming. It's kind of like the opposite of catastrophic thinking where, you know, like you follow like your fear to like the worst possible fear until you're, you know, everybody's on fire, but this, this, you just reverse it. And, um, and I would, I would like make myself 
like think of like 10 different catastrophic dreams, which were sometimes like, and then, you know, like the dumpster blew up, but then after the dumpster blew up, like the fire department came and this happened and then this happened, but they would all like, they would have some happy ending. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I think, um, I know it sounds kind of wacky, but I think, I think there's a real power to, um, being able to expand your gaze more broadly because if you're so focused on everything going wrong it's like you can't you can't even see all the good stuff sort of like hovering in the corners Mm. it's so funny I'm like you're like this sounds wacky I'm like this is the exact process that I teach in my make anxiety your superpower class. <laughs> but there's so, it's so cool because I love the, the part of it. And we've laughed so much today. I love laughter and I really believe laughter is such a huge medicine. And there's something to be said for if I'm like, you know, making this into a catastrophe what's like the funniest catastrophe that I could make it into? And it's like a giraffe with balloons, like walks into the courtroom right now, like, and just, (laughs) and allowing that the silliness of it to shake up those neural pathways and to just mix things up because in that, in that laughter space, it's true. Also anything is possible right? When you're like, I'm going to think of the goofiest, like silliest thing outcome imaginable for this and just make it bizarre, right? There's power in that. And I always tell people, I'm like, if you have anxiety, like I did, like I used to definitely, um, you have such a dope brain. You, I know it doesn't feel like it probably, but you have a huge power of visualizing, of, um, of a very creative imagination. And it just so happens that that creative imagination is like kind of stuck on this one train track that keeps going to like the creative, terrible thing. But what if we started just exercising the creative, neutral, like funny thing, right? And just moving there instead of like, I'm going to go from like, you know, everyone's on fire to like, everyone's having the best time, right? Like <laughs> sometimes that jump feels a little inauthentic, you know? Yeah. And so there's this like middle ground that we can get to that's neutral and funny and just as helpful, you know? Well, if you can laugh about it though, I mean, then you're like back in a state of social engagement, then you're, you're not in fight or flight or wherever you were. Not that I know where you were. <laughs> But it's hard to laugh and be like super triggered, right? Oh, yeah. Mm. I love this, like, yeah, reversing, like, the whole thing. I love that. Um, And it's so, you know, it's it's really beneficial because it's not only you're you're shifting your mindset and and changing the neural pathways, but you're also like you say you're laughing and you're getting that kind of medicine at the same time, which is amazing. Mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah, and hey, if they if it's like, I get it. A lot of this probably sounds crazy to most people, because most people, no offense to most people, but most people are just like asleep trying to make it through every day 
you know, and sometimes that's part of it. Sometimes a huge part of the journey is just learning how to like put food on the table and make it day by day. Right. But there's so there's the vast percentage of the population would look at someone like dancing down the street and be like, that's a psycho. And they would be like, this person's crazy. And I'm like, that's me. I'm, I'm yes. the person. Do you know what? I saw someone doing that actually the other day and I was like, I want to be her. Like, I didn't, look her think, I didn't look her and think she's crazy. I was like, oh my God, I love you. you I want to be your friend. Like, this is so, sometimes I just want to break out into a dance in the middle of the street. Oh my gosh. Did you ask her to be your friend? No, I was driving and she was walking. Oh. So. Oh. All right. All right. That might yeah, be a little no, creepy. I would have done. <laughs> and if I was walking, I so would have done. I, I just loved. And do you know what's funny, guys, is that, you know, a few years ago I would have thought she was the psycho and it's mm -hmm. the power of all of this work that we've been talking about and you know taking these little mm -hmm. tiny steps and then making massive life changes is just so powerful and all like I guess we want people to realize as well through this podcast not only you know can you turn your shit into sunshine but you can it can be easy for you if you just mm -hmm. take it slow and you're just patient and kind to yourself and mm -hmm. you know you, you you just have these little steps these little really bite-sized things to do and just concentrate on one thing at a time you can also have these amazing incredible changes and also be the psycho dancing on the street <laughs> <laughs> just a few years Amen. and it will happen just a few years <laughs> Amen to that. I think, you know, it's like, how did, how do we get anywhere in our life? Right. It's like, oh, we do most of the same things every day. And then sometimes we add in some different things and sometimes we make these little shifts. And, um, I forget who said this. I was listening to a podcast recently and they were like, it's not these like massive milestones that make up your life. It's like talking to your partner at, you know, at breakfast. Like that's what your life is, right? Your, if your life is those little moments, can you focus less on like, you know, I need to reach this massive, huge goal by this time. And if I don't, I'm a fuck up and way more on like these little, these little slices where you're like, oh, I could just dance down the street or, oh, I could just go up to that person and say, I love your hat. You yeah. look great today, you know, yeah. or, yeah. you know, those little moments because those are the moments that make your life, right? And the the cataclysmic, be beautiful, huge goals or realizations are also awesome. Don't get me wrong, universe. Love those. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> it's, you know, it's the conversation. It's like the late night conversation with the person that really, you know, means a lot to you. Or the stranger, the interaction with a stranger that was just like really pleasant and needed or... Like even I was talking with a friend of mine who I've been on this journey alongside with for several years. And we both um, teach, teach yoga just as, you know, a small part of what we do, but that was a big part of like our transformation. And the other day, a woman just comes up to me after, you know, a gentle yoga class and uh, said, you know, I really needed that. And we just buried my mother-in-law and I just, I, I can't even express to you how much I needed that today. And like, that's one more person who took one hour to take care of themselves instead of like 
dumping on someone else or instead of doing some like harmful to them behavior and did something really nice for themselves and got a lot out of it and helped them through a hard time. And that's like, I'm like, that's why I do all of this, you know, for those little moments and to make the little differences for people that add up to a lot when you stay the course. I love that. That is so beautiful and so meaningful, isn't it? It's just beautiful. Um, and I just, I think also when you're you're enjoying these moments and you're really living in the present, everything else that's bigger that you want to happen just kind of comes a lot easier. Like it's when you're in this flow state of enjoyment and love and peace and even when you're in the present and experiencing pain and sorrow, it's it does kind of just, change everything else around you the the vibe and the flow no it just changes that energy so yeah yeah. absolutely that was I mean that was such a huge foundational part of my journey was mindfulness and Mm -hmm. teaching specifically mindfulness meditation and really like I said befriending the mind instead Mm -hmm. of always battling with it it's like before we get to all this like let's you know change your beliefs and reprogram your subconscious mind and all of this stuff. I'm like, let's just try being present first. (laughs) Let's try just take focusing your attention on your breath. And in the present moment, I think what we discover is that, wow, the thing that's causing me a lot of pain is just thinking about all the stuff that hasn't happened yet, or all this stuff that happened a long time ago. And in this present moment, there's actually not that much that I have a big problem with you know, Mm. it's actually not that bad right here in this precise now moment. Mm. Yes. Amazing. Mm. Amazing. How are we on time? I think we have a little bit, I think we have a little bit, sort of a few more minutes and then we can wrap it up. So Lauren, do you want to ask the last question? Oh my gosh. Well, can I ask a second to last question? Or a second. Yeah, we're so we're so real with you. At least I am. Um, I'm here for it. So you've had a lot of people in the advocacy space or like the coaching space. Um, you know, they're like they have these components of their stories, and they they kind of they can often define like the work they're doing. And mm-hmm. I noticed with you, and we talked a little bit about this before, that that you've had a lot of things happen to you, but that I don't really, and this is external, so you can, you can correct me when I get it wrong <laughs> or help get it more right, but I don't see you kind of like um, internalizing them as a part of your identity and I was wondering if you could just speak about that yeah either the process or where you're at now or what it actually is Mm -hmm. yeah absolutely I think you know because I have been through so much it would be really hard (laughs) to like identify through all of it and also there was a point you know, there was a point in my life when identifying, for example, as a survivor 
of sexual assault felt very empowering to me and and claiming that. And then further along in my journey, there was a moment when it actually did not feel empowering anymore. And it felt limiting to who I am as a person um, that I am not ever, I could never be limited and no one could ever be, but for me specifically, I could never be limited to just like the, the tough things that I've been through or the obstacles that I've overcome. And a huge part of what I love to offer for the women that I work with is that you're a multifaceted disco ball. Like you have so many layers to you. And so if it feels empowering to claim some part of your identity as a, as a particular struggle that you've been through, um, then Hey, go for it. Um, and it's, for me, it's the same. Like I don't feel inclined to claim or to label my sexuality, um, as anything in particular, because it feels very fluid and it feels pretty based on just energy and a lot less about like gender, uh, specifically. Um, so I think that's part of, yeah, I think that's part of my personal journey to free my soul into its fullest potential is disidentifying with some of the traumas that I've experienced, but also just some of the labels that I feel like don't encapsulate. And sometimes, like I said, sometimes labels are really empowering and labels are limiting. I mean, are liberating (laughs) for people and sometimes they're not right. And it's, it's a personal journey. And I think my personal journey is supporting people who are connected to spirit, which is everyone, but people who <laughs> love the woo and are are not afraid of of going into more esoteric or mysterious spaces to discover the potential of their soul. And turns out you can't really put that in like an Instagram bio. <laughs> <laughs> like that exact phrase. (laughs) So I have to kind of, I always will be settling sort of for like spiritual life and business coach or business coach for spiritual entrepreneurs or using some of these markers to help people see the kind of people that I love to work with. But the people that I love to work with value authenticity. They value freedom they typically value nature as well. Um, and they value things like creativity, right. And like full expression and more so than any demographic that I would say that I support or that I am a part of, um, it's people with those kinds of values because those are the things that I value. If that, I know that's kind of a roundabout way of answering your beautiful question. Um, but yeah, does that answer it? I think so. I'm still thinking about your Instagram bio, which I've been imagining has wooiest woo 
Oh my God. <laughs> you can all let me write it. <laughs> oh my God. I got Reiki the other day from this woman and she was like, on a scale of one to 10, it's my first time with her on a scale of one to 10. Like how comfortable are you with like, woo? And I was like a hundred. <laughs> I was like, you could literally say nothing that would surprise me or shock me in the slightest. Um, I promise <laughs> I'm totally open. Brilliant. I love this. I'm so woo too. So it's okay. <laughs> I'm not. I'm like, I'm like, we're, we're like uh, the contrast. Woo, woo skeptic, but who's willing to try anything. So maybe I'm a good counterbalance. I think we all compliment you guys. Yeah. yeah. I think, and I, I think, think you're the, quite open, Lauren, actually. Yeah. The willingness is the thing. Mm -hmm. I'm like, you don't have to be like hook, line, and sinker every spiritual modality or anything. Right. But I think the openness is the is the key and that like I have I'm like listen if you're not open to like we got to try and see what works then I'm like I don't know how far we can go you know yeah. um yeah but I think that's I think it's really it's really powerful yeah I think it's powerful to have the openness even if you're like I don't have to you know go down any of these particular rabbit holes or be can be the one who's always like wafting sage or whatever well I think it's like to me I have a little bit of caution because I think some sometimes it doesn't feel authentic to me in in some situations and I think I think we have to be careful about chasing you know thing that's gonna that we think it's just gonna save us because usually we're the ones coming to save us but I think what I realized is like, I don't have to understand it to try it a lot of the time. Mm -hmm. And that can be very freeing, right? To just be like, yeah. oh, I'm just going to try this and see what happens. Yeah. <laughs> you can take it or leave it. Yeah. I'm like, think about how many things that we don't understand, like someone yeah. understands, but we don't understand. I'm like, if you were like, Anna, tell me how this microphone is transferring your sound to this computer and recording it, I couldn't explain it to you. Like, yeah. I'm like, I couldn't explain half the shit in my house, how it works <laughs> or anything. And so I'm like, yeah, if you're going to be limited by just the things that you understand, I'm like, that's either you're really fucking smart and know a lot about a lot of different things, <laughs> or it's like, you know. I just think, yeah, I think that's great. I think it's really powerful. And I think part of that is just being open and having, being willing to be like, yeah, I'm not going to understand how everything works. There might be something that could really help me that I don't totally get it. Um, and that's okay. You know, that it might, it might be like that sometimes. <laughs> So true. Um, I'm going to ask you the last question, Anna, if I may. Ooh, yes. Um, if you could give kind of one piece of powerful advice to somebody that is in that space of going through trauma or whatever shit they've been through and they're kind of ready to move forward, but they don't they they so nervous to take that first step or they just they can't and they don't know how what what would you say to them 
Mm. <laughs> Good question. I'm imagining it, by the way, as a sparkling silver disco nugget. <laughs> here, here it comes <laughs> no pressure no pressure <laughs> I mean this the sparkling silver disco nugget is like I would just be like babe you didn't come here to have like a mediocre average existence now did you like did you, did you seriously think you were like incarnating into this meat suit on like a flying fucking space rock with like glaciers and waterfalls and zebras to just be like, yeah, I'm just going to like pay some fucking bills and try to make it right. It's like, no, not for a damn minute. Like you have trillions of cells that are all just singing for you. Every single day, your name cheering you the fuck on to just claim an existence of joy. So go claim it. Oh, beautiful. So sparkly. <laughs> so silver disco ball. I love it. <laughs> it's so just amazing piece of advice. Oh, this has been so powerful. I actually didn't want it to end. <laughs> Um, I know me neither. Oh my god! No, right, we definitely have to continue this another time. Um, but I just want to say, just from from both of us, if I may, Lauren, that it has been an absolute honor and privilege and pleasure, and so many amazing things to have you here, Anna. Thank you so so much for gracing us with your presence and your time, and your knowledge and your story, and yeah, just thank you so much. Mm. You're so welcome. And thank you for having me. I feel in wonderful, uh, blessed and powerful company here. And thank you for just seeing me and uh, getting to know the crazy lady a little more. <laughs> we love the crazy. Keep it coming. <laughs> um, <and> just <laughs> just um, for our listeners out there, please just tell us all where we can find you. I'll put it in the show notes as well, but just far away yeah it's easy instagram is i am anna can't well it's a n n a and then can't well which is a very funny last name for what i do the irony, <laughs> um, the irony is thick it's never lost on me um and my website is annacantwell.com and on spotify it's also anna cantwell Everywhere, everywhere you can find me is Anna Cantwell. And uh, my podcast is called The Quantum Playground. So that's the only one that's different. Would love to hear from some of you all. And thanks for tuning in today. It was really, really wonderful to just explore all these spaces with you. Amazing. Thank, Thank you, you so much. Thank you. And uh, I can definitely recommend Anna's podcast. It's really amazing. So go check it out. Um, and you have been listening to Lauren Free, Lois Goodman and Anna Cantwell on the Shit to Sunshine podcast. And we hope to see you all soon. Thank you for listening. Bye.